once again we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Nobody understands me, you know that? I fucking bust my ass for you guys, and what do I get? You spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. I like it spooky. I mean, I got something to say, you know? What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Material podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Heather Buckley. And Langley is get this snowed in. <laughs> he is. Uh, we had a snowstorm up here, and uh, Langley lives in a part of the, the area that's very fairly rural, and um, he couldn't get out of his place today to come record. So Langley won't be here. Um, but we're here for episode 109, and uh, we want to look at, what do you think, punk rock cinema? Punk rock cinema is important to look at, considering that I'm a punk rock individual. Yes. I I was kind of around, like, uh, punk hitting 79, 78, 79 here in America. Um, that would put me at about 18 well, we're both counterculture people yes. and subculture people. So yes. it's important. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I remember at the time it was how it was all sort of an expression of the economic situation. I mean, Reagan was in office. It sort of came out of the dissatisfaction that was happening in um, in England and, you know, coming up through the whole Batcave and the DR culture, the Death Rock culture, uh, all of that sort of happening you know, but then punk took a hold, and uh, uh, I I think it was interesting. Henry Rollins was on Joe Rogan's show this last week, and he said um, when Rogan asked him about people being scared at this in this political time, he's all, "No, this is when punk rock, this is what punk rock has sort of trained you for. This is this is this these are the times that you for you to create and for you to get active and you to, for you to be a punk. You know what I mean?" I've I've said that over and over again. It's like all my friends have been waiting for the fabric of society and fascism to fall apart. Because this is what we've been talking about, singing about, training about, marching about, being, you know, punching Nazis about forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I think it's very glib when people speak about like, oh, punk rock's going to be great at this time. I don't think I don't think this is the right time to make those comments. But I got to tell you, all my friends are are the the first person the people to to post to call your senator to go to go and march they're all ready right they're all active i'm also seeing um in those same friends i'm seeing spikes in hey i'm working on i'm back working on the book or hey um artists are reporting finishing pieces with a a more uh rapidity right so i think it's inspiring people because they're 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 so concerned and and a lot of it a lot of would people... you use the word inspiring? I would almost feel that there's some sort of like uh, nervous creative energy and urgency, and it has to go somewhere. Right, exactly. It's cathartic. It, it makes them 
an artist feel like I can't do anything about this except work. You work through your emotions, this through the the ways that you you have. You know, people who are I'm sure people who are woodworkers are noticing a spike in creativity among their friends too. So, uh, I think we work through things with our hands a lot of times, whether it be in art or or writing or or what music or what have you. That's true. Drawing, especially for me, is, is looking into the, to the tea leaves of my mind. Yeah, it's well, I think it's it's that whole medit thing that people miss about meditation. It's it's the idea. It's not about thinking about nothing. It's a thinking. It's it's noticing the thoughts as they come through your head and not getting attached to them and just letting them whiz by like a, a, a light pole on a, and you're on a train, right? As you whip by, the thought just whips by. It's not a state of nothingness, and in time that comes. But the idea that that uh i don't know what i was talking about <laughs> just now um uh 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 but i think we're 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 more and more uh, uh our worry gets worked out in through our art well i'd have to say the first time when i when i listened to punk rock music and i and my relationship with punk rock is this is when i was very young i would see these very colorful people walking around and i didn't know what they were like mm-hmm. very young and then I started to get into horror, and I've, I've recently posted some pictures of what I was drawing when I was nine years old and, and earlier, which was a lot of skulls, monsters, dragons. But I was very afraid of horror films, but somehow I was very attracted to this to this imagery. And I was watching, I was watching Fear No Evil, mm. and I heard this amazing music. I heard Anarchy in the UK, and I and I heard the Ramones. And I went, what is this music that sounds like my brain? And I liked, like, even though I was, I was very young and the idea of, of, of anarchy and the song Anarchy in the UK is, is, is certainly not like Noam Chomsky, but it, it, was, it seemed to be singing about something. And I was very attracted to that, that political, even though it was a broad political aspect of it. And when I found out, because I was in, a, in Old Bridge in suburbia, I then, I, I, I then sort of like looked at goth a bit through propaganda magazine and I went is this is this who I am and then once once I matched this punk rock music the sex pistols which which I saw these people walking around everywhere that made me so happy to see I realized that it's the same thing that I was chasing my entire life but it was it was I was able to put it together watching fear no evil so it was not return of the living dead for me mm. and, but I, I would see them you know, like like if you watch Lost Boys, all those movies had those because I guess like when we get into talking about punk rock films, there's movies that because the Lost Boys is very rock and roll, but it's not punk rock, but it has the the strip. There's these movies that have a picture of the Hollywood strip and the alternative people that are on it: rockabilly, psychobilly, goth, death rock, punk, and I would they and they were real kids and just captured my imagination because I always felt the world was very beige. Mm-hmm. And in that beige world were these sort of like fabulous beasts, this performance, this art, this thing that was unusual that I just I wanted to look at that was out of the ordinary. And... Yeah, I remember, you know, like I say, it was at the time it was for me, it was, uh, you know, Franklin Comes Alive and Ted Nugent and UFO and all of these sort of cock rock bands, you know, um, and little by little, I, I went to work for uh, Warehouse Records in 78 and you started to hear things. You started to hear people that were into different music. I remember 
um, hearing the guy who would later go on to be the head buyer for Warehouse Records uh, for the entire chain, we heard the first Pretenders record and him and him saying, ah, this is going to go nowhere. It's like, I don't know. I think this is going to be pretty big. And, and little by little, you started to see it influencing what was what we were stacking at the record stack. Suddenly, bands like Blondie are, are appearing. Suddenly, um, you know, more obscure bands, a uh, personal favorite, Lena Lovich started to, you know, people like that started to appear. And then, um, then suddenly the punk rockers started coming in and suddenly there was a whole person dedicated to just ordering and stocking the punk rock records because that was a full-time job. There were so many of them out there. Um, um, it all kind of went by me. I, I was there. I would, I mean, I, I saw Lena Lovich at the Mabuhe Gardens in like 1979. I saw, you know, Fishbone in a little club that the Stench Brothers from Pearl Harbor and the Explosions used to have back in Santa Clara. You know what I mean? So there was it was there for me peripherally, and I ended understanding of the aesthetic. Uh, uh, but it was always like a step away. And then when the whole goth thing happened, that I got goth, I got. Um, and then later, goth became this other thing for me, where it became a job, and that's a whole other story. Um, well, what what did you get about? Because I think part of the, this conversation we're going to talk about punk rock, but a lot of times, punk like goth is under sort of the the umbrella of punk, as is like yeah. hardcore and oi and stuff like that, and movies about those different sort of subcultures. So, what did you get about goth that you didn't that wasn't there for punk? Because I feel like if you're really if you're really angry and militant and a brawler, it's just you probably moved to punk more than goth. Yeah, no, the the uh the goth and It's not about beauty. A lot of it's not about beauty means well, it's by own definition of beauty, but not this beautiful traditional sense of, of beauty. Right. And that's exactly where it, it sort of when it struck my eye, there was at least an aesthetic like, Oh, I can get goth, I can get willowy, and I can get billowy, and I can get you know, that kind of stuff. Where with punk it was a harder edged and it, it was a little uh it took a little more time. I mean, you know, I didn't rush out and, and date punk chicks, although, you know, I dated a few in my life. But um, but the goth chicks, that was an easy get for me. You know, not get. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I mean, you, like you understood as soon as you uh, saw sort of this wonderful vampire thing. You, you understand. Well, a lot of it is like is gang culture because it's a, an unspoken code. And it also punk embraced the sort of weirdo. You know what I mean? It was like. It, it was like uh, 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 you could always hang with the goths. You know what I mean? Um, they were more. Well, they are nicer people, and I always say that they are nice people as are psychobillies. I think I tell people it's the worst thing is that I do film criticism, and that I'm punk rock, and I can't think of something more <laughs> leading and elitist than that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Goths will hang out with you. I think they're very nice. They're very kind. Oh, to sure. They're not. Well, it's hard because, you know, when someone is like uh... they're not because because part of being like punk rock is being a rebel, but mm -hmm. it's also being a trickster. So there's this idea of like, you know, ball busting culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drugs and drinking, being rowdy, which is I but... can't think of like rowdy and goth together. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a few rowdy goth. I know a rowdy goth right now, a guy named William Faith. William's <laughs> a rowdy goth. Um <laughs> That guy's a beast. He trains at Durgenberg and he's a he's a he's a swell martial artist. Um uh uh but again it was it was I think you're absolutely right. It became a sort of a clicky thing where 
where you know what what were you what were you identifying with as you were as you were growing up were you a headbanger were you a uh goth were you a punk were you you know well i think it's also culturally because my area in the brooklyn sort of new york city area i use like gang sort of lowercase g like crews and people oh, that sure. hang out together is that the whole idea was to identify because also in my area of the world we still talk about what ethnic background we are to figure out like did my family know your family where did you live in a certain area because in jersey city it's just the the families came in and they settled in different parts of jersey city based on the wave of immigration uh, coming there that's so, like polish sicilian irish polish would mean there was downtown sicilian irish because they were there a bit longer mm-hmm. we're, we're we're in the in in the heights area so the idea of talking about what counterculture or people you identify with would go who your friends are where are you what shows you go to right. so it's definitely like a, a, a it's a short it's a shorthand and it's a symbol system i had a, a friend that i work with once and we, and we did me- mention it and i don't know if this is the same with goth is that if i see anyone in the street that kind of dresses like me or looks at me i can go up to them and we will be friendly to each other that there's a brotherhood a sisterhood there mm-hmm. based on our symbol system and our and our gear that we that we have, and they sure. and they can come up to me. Like if they have a bad brain shirt on, we can talk about stuff and shows and things that we we have in common. Absolutely, absolutely. The same thing you see now with people with like you know if you're wearing comic book shirts or whatever, you know you see another comic book shirt, you can then you know your tribe, right? It's all self identification and and what have you. Um, I, but I think there's a level of self identification within music countercultures. Because you have oh, sure. to do more than just wear a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. There's a level of grooming, fashion, dedication, its own piercing, language. tattooing. Yes. You know, it's it's, it's uh, uh, I I meet go to a, a, something in another state. You you probably encounter it a lot more where you know you go to a, a con or something or some function in another state or another part of the country. And there are differences, you know. I remember seeing back in in the day Rocky Horror, seeing Rocky Horror in San Francisco, and then seeing it in like you know Berkeley, which is fairly close geographically, but it was a completely different experience because each each little subculture had spawned its own sort of um, uh, language and and what they did and sort of their rituals. I would I would consider um, Rocky Horror Picture Show living in the world of, of, of punk rock cinema or the oh, counter cinema. Though not really a punk rock movie, though that look, how they're dressed, the inspiration is definitely coming from uh, that culture. Well, it's also a sort of a ready and uh, willing <laughs> um, entry point for a lot of people. A lot of people got to punk rock through Rocky Horror. You know. Well, I think it's, I think it's a very well, it's a very strong message, and regardless of people's love of Rocky Horror, the idea of like don't dream it, be it. Mm-hmm. And while it's interesting that people who follow Rocky can only be Rocky can only be horror fans, like oh, in their hearts probably always, but the manifesting themselves of what what now would be called cosplay, yeah, is something that people who are within the the counterculture. They're that they're, they're that way all the time. Mm-hmm. They always look like that, and there's a sort of freedom. I know when I was younger, and sometimes now when people see me walking around in my gear, and gear is, is like such like a tri-state tri-state area a term that there's that it's considered some that it's brave and interesting, and oh, I could never do that. And even mm-hmm. the older ladies, and I go, no, it's like dye your hair. Like anyone who likes my look, I said like dye your hair. 
pierce your nose, like sure. bedazzle your your vest. Take it's, a shot. It's that, yeah, it's don't dream it, be it. It's like it's like everything that you wanted to be in your head. Just go and do it and be beautiful. Also, the idea, and I was talking to my friend Jen about this: the difference between metal and punk, because the 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 metals girls. They they are interested in I think it's more traditional beauty interest in in sort of like the male gaze which is part of the soul of that music so I don't take it away from this idea of you know the long long hair long nails look looking very beautiful but I said part of being punk rock is is, is there's a, there's an ugliness to it which is part of the beauty because it's a dynamicness between well, ugly and beauty together because when I have my hair done. You explain like how I look, how I look, and how I want my hair done to most hairdressers or people. Like they think like I no one can do it because they think they're making you ugly. Right. But the combination of everything together because it's it's combining things that don't make sense together and sort of wearing all the the which which is why I always I, I have like a, more of like a post apocalyptic look because it's like if everything sort of was available it kind of looks rockabilly and greaser from the fifties. You kind of mm. look like you're from. Cruising, and we can get get to that movie because I think when I watch Cruising for the first time, I go, "Why does that? Why does everyone in Cruising look like all my punk rock friends?" Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Well, I think it's it's that way. I think with with everyone, everyone is a little bit of um, a little bit of something. You know what I mean? And it and it shocks me sometimes when I'll meet you know the 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 guy when I back in record store days. You know, you 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 find a punk rocker in the classical, you know, the opera section, and you go there and you think he's just fucking around. But when you talk to him suddenly, he's well versed on a lot of this stuff. So I think that uh, uh, the the we pull these influences. You know, I mean, it, it, we we experience things, and they sort of get the stuff that sticks to the wall becomes who we are, right? As it flows through us in a weird way. That gets a little hippie, I know, but um, um, well, it's it's a it's a radical acceptance of of the the weirdos and the unique things that you are. And it's an immersive style of dress and philosophy. Because to mm-hmm. me, punk rock, the first thing when I when I listen to it, I mean, I love I love the music, but I I do like music types that have a very interesting narrative and primitive sound. You know, like Hazel Atkins or like a lot of the rockabilly. And I came from a rockabilly old outlaw country background because of my father and listening to music. And then I got into uh, in, into punk rock that way. There's a simplicity about it, but there's also the philosophy of you know do it do it yourself. Right, manifesting who you are. Yeah, that DIY thing was really big, or is a big part of it. You know, the idea of, of do it yourself. You and and that started to bring about sort of a democratization. You know what I mean? Is where you didn't have to go to Berkeley. You you know, no one in the Sex Pistols went to music school. They just picked up a guitar and started playing. They were, look at the Ramones. Which is very interesting, close to my uh, my philosophy, which is close to my heart, which is existentialism, because the idea is that these were <laughs> philosophers who weren't trained to be philosophers, they were philosophers. Right. It, it's as if a punk rocker came into the world as a musician, though untrained. It's like, I am someone who makes music, so you make music. And if it's three chords... You have made music, and mm-hmm. that is important, and it's an expression of yourself. Well, it it showed people that they could be expressive as well. You know what I mean? Where where you didn't have to stick around and wait to be fed this product. That you could exactly what you said. You could pick up a guitar, and you could you could express 
yeah, through those three chords, you could express all the things that you're feeling right now. You're feeling, you know, the frustration and the anger and the and the and the and the even even the love, you know, and the love of people and and the love of your life and the love of family and all that other stuff. You see a lot of that stuff. Look at how deep. And this isn't punk rock, but it does speak to a punk rock aesthetic. But look how deep the theme of family runs through things like the, what what the Insane Clown Posse is doing. Just silence and, and <laughs> on this end. It's like, um, well, I mean, the <laughs> idea that that family is important. Well, my, in my in my neck neck of the woods, because punk rock is is regional very regional and you're supposed to of course love your love your own scene you there there's the greats to love in everybody's musical category but there's always a, a focus on local and supporting your own oh sure that's going on but there is a big in the music that i listen to because i specifically listen to a lot of street punk mm-hmm. part, part of my 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 love for that is the idea of sort of like crew family being there for your friends yeah and they're they're your blood. There's no difference between between one or the other. But that, and I can only speak for my scene, is very strong amongst the the, the folks that that I'm there. That they're my blood. They're my people. They're they're why I don't move to L.A. You know, because I I want to be around them forever. They're with me forever because there's some sort of philosophy, moral compass, and you know they may have not done stuff that is <laughs> exactly. It's like we're punk rockers who do crazy stuff, but th- but there's there's this idea of who they are and what and what they believe in that right. makes them family because there's there's an element there's a structural element inside of them which is inside of you which creates this incredibly profound connection. Now when I think about goth music, sometimes there might be sort of quote unquote families, but I do, I don't know if there there's not music that I've ever listened to that is about that that brotherhood undying brotherhood yeah it's mostly about love you know love from beyond the grave or you know what i mean it's a more it's more shoegazing navel gazing than that it's more sort of egocentric goth i think uh, when you look at a lot of the lyrics or it just gets into craziness um, would you say it was egocentric i would say it's it's very introspective well let me put it this way there's And I'm not, and I'm not picking on this band at all. I actually like the band, but there's a goth band called Human Drama. If you listen to some of their music, most of their lyrics begin with the word "I." Just check it out. It's it is one of those things where it's like this is how I interpret the world in a Byron esque way. You know what I'm saying? But um, films like Suburbia, Romper Stomper, from the punk rock perspective, those are about we. The same yeah. thing with Green Room. It's generally about well, a crew of folks together. A group of people, and they're de- definitely from different different countercultures within and, punk. But when you think about like goth cinema, I mean, once you get past things like The Hunger, which is wholly about the self, the 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 the, the, the or uh, the uh, the David Bowie character whining about his immortality, or and then uh, you got the same thing in Interview with a Vampire. It's really selfish. A lot of it is about me, 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 me. Oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Whereas opposed, a lot of the punk is more, you know, let's have a party and let's let's well, hang I, well, together I and let's be a family. It's the difference between internal and external cinema. Because the reason that a, a, a punk rocker has such rage is because how things are. Mm-hmm. 
And so there's always a rebelling, something I believe to paraphrase to make a stop from Murphy's Law. He's talking about like how one bunch of music is about like, you know, there's a lot of infighting, but with hardcore, it's about fighting everybody else. So the idea that the enemy is sort of not, not your brother, it's the system, it's the man, it's the current administration, it's the way people think, it's that people are asleep and, 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 not, and not awake. Right. Right. It demands a lot. It demands a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've and I've also always always felt, and I told people that any famous, wonderful person you can die to be, be accepted for, but to be accepted sort of in the punk rock world that I know, or the scene I know, it's like the demands are you must, just being a creative, cool person, mm. and regardless of what you come from and what, where your pedigree is, because I remember um. We would always have like bar- barbecues, and sometimes I would bring friends, and my friend Steve would go. It's like it's like we'll talk to them if they're cool, and that's that's your ticket to get in. So there's no like diamonds, gold, anything. You have to be cool, and if you're not or they cool, just, they don't have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so let's uh, so let's talk about I guess some of the movies, right? Um, uh, what was the ones that you remember? Like one of the first ones I remember hitting hitting the market was like Era Music War. That really let people know that it was out there. Um, and then they started to look at more import stuff. Like I remember Jubilee was a big thing with uh, a very young Adam Ant. And Little Nell from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show was in that movie. Jubilee came to me later in my life, but early in my life when I when I had my cassette was, of course, the soundtrack. So it's Fear No Evil. Mm-hmm. It's very important. So Suicide's on that, Rosillo's, Sex Pistols, Ramones. Sure. But for a punk rock movie, like the next thing I tried to find, and of course dubbed as, as a 14-year-old pirate, was Sid and Nancy. Mm. Yeah, that was that was interesting because it's sort of like... I, I, I'm trying to think of the word iconic, a kind iconicize. Is that a word? Um, yeah, it, it, it sort of made Sid Vicious and Nancy Spongebob and something more than what they were. And that was a couple of punk rock kids who overdosed in a hotel someplace, but it created the mythology yeah, of it. Exactly. It gave them their first hero, their first martyr in a weird way. Um, uh, I, I, I I don't, I don't know if punk rockers think of Sid and Nancy as martyrs, but I think of God would. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, it would be perceived as martyrdom. Well, one of the ones that like really hit, I remember that was on everyone's lips, was if you remember Times Square. Um, Tim Curry's in it. Um, two girls loose in New York. Tim Curry plays a DJ. It's a very sort of anti-parent and anti-establishment and and you know taking to the streets and making music and and it made a huge splash i remember um and its soundtrack was played incessantly for a while there on the radio um and i like that film Times square oh i i to this day i enjoy that film heather buckley has not seen every single punk rock film it's true yeah, no. Times Square, I would say, if you're if you're going to make a list, that's that I'd put that fairly high um, on your list. Um, that and, and I think Repo Man. Repo Man is very important. It's a very important film. 
because it has punk rockers in it, mm-hmm. but it's because it's not necessarily about punk. It's about how punk rock. It's, it's, how would you describe it? Because suburbia is definitely about punk rock kids doing punk rock things in a punk rock world. Repo Man is a cult movie starring a punk rock, uh, a character that's a punk rocker. So sometimes punk rockers will appear in your films, mm-hmm. even though your whole film is not about the counterculture. Which is how I would define, in the most specific sense, there are some movies that are about being punk, and then there are some movies that have punk rock characters in them. Agreed. Yes. Yeah, I agree and also, as as an offshoot, there's also movies that have the the new wave girl, pretty in pink, as sure. Annie Pop, who's your punk rock counterculture girl. But I always feel, and I've and I've said on social media, that sets a very bad precedent. Mm-hmm. Her character, because at the end, she decides to take off her costume right. and try to go legit. And yeah. I think that's a bad message. To any rock and roller out there. Yeah, in the end, you have to conform. The same thing from the goth perspective, you have that with The Breakfast Club. Sure. Absolutely. Well, a lot of it was. It's like, let's okay, kids. You've had your fun. Let's return to normalcy. My mom is still waiting for me to return to normalcy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my mom died waiting for me to (laughs) return to normalcy. Yeah, it's it's a tough call, you know. Uh, Um... But a lot Were of... you introduced to goth through what what sense? Was it cinematic? Was it the music? Did you see people walking around the streets? Uh, goth. Uh, literature, mostly. I'll be honest, man. Through my teens and into my 20s, I was playing in bands and stuff. And, and everything for me was, here's three to five minutes to show me everything you learned at Berklee School of Music. You know what I mean? So it was all about technical. It was all about musicianship and, and tech, you know, being, being able to play all the, all the notes and stuff. So a lot of the punk rock missed me because it was easy to play. And so therefore I, I had my head on my ass and I was like, therefore it's not worth, worth, worth a shit. Well, I was so, just saying you're, you're, you're introducing the goth because mine was my introduction to punk rock was seeing people out, out there in the world and then stumbling across horror, which sometimes, and very rarely, have punk rock soundtracks because horror I would think is more known to have um, metalhead followers though punk rockers love horror films. We what? have a different perspective what? though. When we love a horror, I was discussing with someone that once in the industry. This is like when uh, when punk rockers watch horror films, we're desperately in love with the monsters and the mass killers because that's who we are. Because they're like Jason Voorhees and us have the same enemies: jocks, cheerleaders, the cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. It was it was a situation where there were you would see the different tribes you would see the punks you would see the the cholos you would see the the uh, the goths you would see all the jocks you would see all these people and they all had their own music and so as a musician at the time I would be listening to these things and pulling them all in horror was the through fare growing up idolizing people like Morticia Adams and Lily Munster and and those being becoming my model for what beauty was. That's how I sort of came to that aesthetic. But even during the heyday of Carpenoctum, I was still walking around in denim overalls. And, and I, I you couldn't pick me out of a crowd given the look of the magazine. And that was part of the message was that 
everyone has this in them everyone has punk rock in them if they're willing to tap into it um they tend to find it once they tap into it it's a pretty it can be a pretty solid vein of inspiration but um um uh i never went around like i never went to goth clubs in in the in the drag you know what i mean I, I call my my sister and I joke because we're 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 gonna go to a show on Saturday. We call it fancy dress. Right, yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're fancy dress on. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and you and as the with through the magazine, I would procure stuff, you know, leather corsets and and all of this stuff. But I just found that as a big guy, uh, uh, um, I, I just look ridiculous. You know, I'm, the the whole aesthetic was something that, that went by me because I'm not a skinny, pale boy. You know what I mean? So um, for me, it was like, oh, okay, I can appreciate it. But I just know that, you know, as far as gear, to use your word, gear goes, it just doesn't fit. You know, it just doesn't, it just, you just look silly. <laughs> That's so interesting because on my end, it's the direct opposite. For, for those who have seen me in general population, is like, um, I'm 5'11". And I have like very broad shoulders, and I'm, I'm, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm built like a, like a, like a mass killer, <laughs> like Jason Voorhees. And so the idea of wearing combat boots, tight black jeans, leather jackets, bedazzled studs, looking like Wes, mm. shaving my head, makes sense because of also how how I was built mm. because I didn't wear heels and it's and it's not that i don't find like even like you know j crew girls who are dressed nice i mean there's 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 a, there's a there's a beauty to that but to me that i like the combat and drama of wearing like i mostly every day i wear i mean since i was 13 years old i've been wearing like steel cap shoes i wear my engineer boots with a spur on it <laughs> and black and black jeans and t-shirts yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. very Bands on it or, or or cult things for forever, but because it matched my sort of sort of my 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 body type and my form, mm. I found even more. So the idea of like taking such like a tall, strong body type and then armoring that up even more, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It yeah, it just and not an armor and not an armor to keep people away. And I think a lot of people look at. I can't, can only speak for my for myself, but I feel that my friends and I don't wear these. We don't wear it as repel, repellent. It's celebratory. Sure, 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 sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for me it was uh, it was different. You know, it was I my gear was always you know ridiculous. There are pictures on my Facebook page. You can if you dig deep enough, you'll find them. But uh, uh, you know, it was just um, I was aware of it. But it had appreciation of it, but uh, I don't know, maybe I was too afraid or something to to take that step, you know. But I just felt like I just looked ridiculous in the whole thing. So, um, I think there are there are looks within that world. If you wore sort of like leather pants and just sort of like a button down black, it's, it's all about black on black, right? Yeah, no, no, no yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, then, uh, then you know, the a lot a lot of the fetish wear the boys would wear the big hair the beautiful makeup that I that I saw in propaganda magazine just yeah. that traditional that traditional look and the time spent that way is very glam yeah exactly exactly and i think that's more of it is the the sort of for me it was sort of the cockrocker thing through the through the goth thing and then into fetish where i i spun through 
the whole goth thing pretty quickly and, and landed in fetish where, where I thought, oh, I get this. This is, this is not only is it, is it costuming and is it, is it, um, projective, if you know what I mean? Like it sort of lets people know that this is where your head's at. Uh, 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 but it was also felt more, more right to me in a weird sort of way. I always, these days I tend to dress like a super, like a Marvel superhero. So, uh, in a, in a weird way, but um, uh, well, uh, Punk does have fetish gear as well. But I, yes. but I feel when I wear it, it's much more. <laughs> it's as if to take fetish gear and weaponize it. <laughs> well, Goth, it's much more on Front Street. You know what I mean? It's much more in your face about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, the, the underlying thing of you know Punk was was that you could go. You know, you could fight at any minute. You, it was all about that whole sort of beyond Thunderdome kind of thing. Um, There's going to be a lot of manic panic needed for the uh, post-apocalyptic times, which could happen <laughs> at any time. And I, I, I just right. don't have any stock. Of it. We're one executive order away from Mad Max. Um, I have my 67. I'm ready. And right. I already have the fit. I already look like them from Mad Max, Mad Maxine. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're kind of hitting fashion hard. I'm just wondering, you know, well, I was going to talk about the fir- the first time for things because we we're talking about because sure. you brought up the hunger and we may want to talk about that a little more. But for for me, punk rock and movies were very important to me. One because of the the strip, but also it introduced me to music. So it wasn't the hunger that introduced me to Bauhaus. It was Night of the Demons, which has a punk rock character. Stooge, I think, is, 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 is seems to be the way he's dressed is a punk rocker, and then, then of course you have you have you have her and her inspirational gothic bride mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate Absolutely. you at all, Night of the Demons? Absolutely, Absolutely. Uh, uh, I it, it's not something that comes one of the ones that comes straight to mind, but. Um... Uh, but sure, absolutely. I, I, now that you mention it, absolutely, I, I could see that. Angela's Angela's dress, uh-huh. uh huh, and her and and her demeanor, and that was for me when I heard Stigmata Martyr. I went again, like when I had the Sex Pistols, Ramones, Epiphany. It's like, what is this music? And that's how I was introduced to Bauhaus. Okay, yeah. Yep. Bauhaus for me was, I came later. People, it was always like something someone said, you should hear Bauhaus. So, okay. So I did. And they're fine. And what happened? They're fine. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. It, again, um, my head was in a different place. It was like, oh, I get why people like this, but it's, you know, it's not 30 second notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, it, it, was, it wasn't super technical. I, at the time, I was into a lot of that Bauhaus was happening. I was into a lot of, like, European prog rock with, like, 20-minute guitar solos and shit. So, yeah, um, um, again, it was it was different. It was different. Um, another another great character dressed in beautiful goth gear that I remember as at a young formative age was Legend. Sure. Oh, speaking of Legend dresses. Legend's bride outfit. Oh, Beautiful, and the presentation of that dress is beautiful, um, and the speech after it is beautiful. The uh, what is it? The the dreams of youth or the regrets of maturity? You know, yes, great lines. Yes, just great stuff. 
I just really want darkness. She's made the wrong choice. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. Uh it's one of those fairy tale things that uh that you know you 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 kinda go, okay, but he's much cooler. Um little little impetuous, but um so we talked about the horns. What do you think when, when, when they introduce a character in goth dress in a movie that's not about the counterculture? What do you th- what, what, what do you think they're attracted to? Like when they just because Lily could have looked like anything, right? They've right. decided to right. go with that 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 black and white aesthetic, and it's obviously goth because of the black lipstick, the white makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at NCIS in a weird way. I don't know how we got there, but there's a character in there who is goth for no reason other than to sort of label her as sort of kooky and wacky and sort of counterculture. And, and you know, they'll come in and, and some, you know, bubblegum goth will be playing in, in the background. And, you know, it's it's nice because they there are lab techs out there that are into goth, but um, it always seems shoehorned in in a weird way. Um, it is true, and I, and I, of course, we all follow on all online all the, the all, all the goth girls who are morticians. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and I think that's good. I, Anytime people talk about that kind of stuff, it's good. You know, I'm shocked. I I haven't asked the embalmer page, and every day I I get a like from some place in the Philippines or some far flung place, and it's just very odd. Um, how things find their way around the world that way. It's good that boss, much as yourself, are working in the death industry or have worked in the death industry. Yeah, probably, probably. They're so, also easier because when folks look like me, because I, I wear I wear black all the time, they think they think goth, and I think goth. I think it's easier to write a goth into your series or your movies than to write a punk rocker because I think even someone's mom or grandmother or people on the street. They understand goth more than they understand punk rock, and a well, lot think, of them see me wearing all black, assume that it's goth right away. And I, I'm so you know people call me a lot of things, but I yeah. go I am not goth. Yeah, I fifteen percent death rock. <laughs> the discharge. Well, I think different. though that if in if you introduce a a goth versus a a uh, a punk character, is that the punk character implies a little more chaos. You know what I mean? Um, by introducing him, you got to figure that they're never going to portray him as a thinking individual. They're always going to play him as sort of this erratic, you know, oh, let's do it, man, kind of a thing. Um, For instance, again, going back to Stooge, the unsung punk, punk character in Night of the Demons. He's like the party guy. He's not really smart. Yeah, exactly. He's like dudes. He's the sort of the chaos neutral that gets introduced to the storyline. And, and- <laughs> That's his alignment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea is that if, if, if uh, uh, but there, there, there's no reason. I'd, I'd love to see, you know, let's run just off the top of my head, Sherlock Holmes, make Sherlock Holmes punk. Run him, Sherlock Holmes, through a punk filter. I'd watch that. I think that would be fascinating. How um, would that transform the character you find? I think that it would make that he would be underestimated, like, a la Columbo, he would be underestimated because they just think like, look at this guy, he's got liberty spikes. Can't take this dude seriously, and yet he solves the murder anyway. You know what I mean? Um, I think it would be great. Uh, but they'd never do it. 
Um, but in the same way that they're doing revisionist stuff like this TV show they're doing, Sherlock, have you heard of this? No. Uh, uh, Lisa Lou is in it. I believe though. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sort of this modern day Sherlock Holmes thing. Um, um, but yeah, absolutely. Why not? But they'd never do it because for it's it's too subtle of a of a brushstroke. It's not as broad as it seems to take to get people to sign on. Um, I'm trying to think of other films to mention. I want to mention Breaking Glass. Just because I'm oh, a, that's a good one. That is a good one, and, I, and I'm a huge Lena Lovitch fan, and um, that's uh, Breaking Glass. Clearly, Hazel O'Connor is is aping Lena on the on her entire music style, uh, but it's a good film, um, and doesn't get enough love. So I wanted to bring that up. It is recent. It is it is the image on the back of my Facebook page. It's my Facebook cover. Is it really? Yeah. I don't know that. I never... Yeah. Currently. Wow. wow. It, was, it was introduced into my nat life. It's actually... Mike Gingold gave me this DVD and said, you should watch this movie. And I loved Hazel's voice and I loved the way she looked. And that's that song at the end, which I, I feel is less punk rock and some sort of strange new wave. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to define it. Song. She even it's does... She does writing on the wall. In that, yeah? The song called Writing on the Wall? Anyway. I believe so. That's a Selena Lovitz song. So, but yeah. her and, and her and her extreme looks are, yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, what else? Cla- I got... Cla- um, I wanted to also talk about... Uh, I've talked about this before. Rinse Dreams, Dr. Caligari. Um... Uh, more kind of, I always thought of that as a punk rock film because of the DIY ethic and the fact that, you know, it was, it was, it just had Are you talking this... about Lady Caligari? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love that film. And it does that, that has a strange, well, I don't know. I would say it's punk rock in a sense, but, but it's like, if you think about uh, so, sort of the diagram, it's created by like counterculture people who probably listen to the same music that we do, mm-hmm. but it's like non-specific counterculture. But yeah. it, it's taking the very harsh looks from from punk. I agree. Yeah, but absolutely. It's mixed up with so many different things. It's made because when... then where's Forbidden Zone? Right. That's definitely drag. It's incredibly punk rock. It's DIY, mm-hmm. but it's this non-specific uh, counterculture. There's also movies in the '90s that are like that are like that that I miss, like uh, uh, the Dark Backward, Johnny Suede. Sure, they're sure, non-specific sure, sure. counterculture, sure. and you know, if you went to the people's houses, they would have studded jackets. So this is like <laughs> punk rock people making films like that. Yeah, well, uh, Dr. Caligari was made by porn people. Uh, Rinse yes. Dream, or his, he went by the name, his name is Steven Sayadian, but he used to make films under the name of Rinse Well, he did night, night Visions, right? Did Night Visions, he did Cafe Flesh, which I yep. still say is a, is, we're going to talk about this on our porn episode, but Cafe Flesh is one of those porn films that easily passes a film. Uh, besides I love that. it very much. The yeah, same it's a with, great movie. With... It's a great movie. Um, and Dr. Caligari falls in the same thing. And I think you're right. It, it sits on the shelf near things like um, Forbidden Zone, which I always found Forbidden Zone weirdly sexual. Um, 
And I don't, I really don't know why, but it always sort of get, got lumped in my head that way. In what sense? How do you define it? I mean, I, 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 I find things about it very sexy. Very, very sexy. It's seen, it just seems kind of, it's like Groove Tube, the movie Groove Tube always seemed in a weird w- way in the, to a young, young Tom's mind. It always seemed like kind of naughty and sort of body and, and, you know, I was sort of peeking behind the veil of something I shouldn't have. It always felt a little illicit. Every time I, to this day, when I see Forbidden Zone, I just think, ooh, it's Forbidden Zone. <laughs> I don't know why. The Weird director guy. of Dr. Caligari, and I got, I got it wrong. It's, a, it's a Night Night Dreams. Night Dreams. But also director of Party Doll A Go-Go 1 and 2. Yeah, Party Doll A Go-Go is fun. It's fun stuff. Not seen guy. it. I love that guy. Doesn't it have that kind of aesthetic? Yeah, it all—it's all the same. There, the, he's very oh, weird. His, the aesthetic is very much in the way, like if, if you're familiar. And again, this goes back to the porn stuff. Uh, Dark Brothers, the Dark Brothers films always looked a certain way, and they were always a certain amount of like low rentness to it. And 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 Steven Sayadian's films are the same way. They always looked like they were the sets were built by a bunch of his friends on a weekend or a, or a high school theater troupe. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, artifice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but it always seemed like there. There's a weird aspect to that movie, and the dialogue in Doctor Caligari is great. Is absolutely great. Um, I want to throw out a couple more. Train the train spotting. We got it. We got to bring up train spotting. Train spotting two coming out. I guess next year all, or this year. All the uh, rev- I, I consider that general counterculture, but again. That they would be friends of music countercultures. Okay. Sure. Those movies. Because they're not specifically about them, but they're close enough. Right, right. Uh, another thing I want I would bring up is it's a re- rather recent film um, called This Is England. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a solid... A solid movie and a, a fairly what I would imagine to be a fairly faithful uh, representation of the British um, uh, punk rock movement. Um, but I really like that film. And you also have Made in Britain with yes. Tim Roth. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So we watch with that. But and then any of the Alan Clark films talking about the countercultures happening at at that time, mm-hmm. like Scum. Though not necessarily a punk rock film, beloved by all my punk rock and hooligan friends. Mm. Yeah, the idea of working class UK because that's a, that's of an interest. So there may be things in my collection which I consider part of my part of the, the things that I like as my as my chosen counterculture that don't have punk rock or the fun punk rocks in it. But it's something that we all love and watch and are interested in because of the grittiness, the violence, the truthfulness, the struggle. Right, right. Um, um, a lot of anti-hero stuff, like movies like Bronson. Well, would be something else. Back to that DIY ethic. Look at ninety percent of trauma product. It all has that same vibe to it. Very sort of. Let's put on a show. Nineties well, punks, very influenced by sort of a sort of a tra- trauma punk. I know mm-hmm. when my hair was recently being being dyed with the, the leopard print, 
my hairdresser Patrick and I were talking about the idea that it's like on, on the weekends it's like you drink toxic waste and you become mutated. We <laughs> have trauma influencing punk and what a trauma punk looks like, like class of Newcomb High. Yeah. And there's something about there's something about that because it's not necessarily punk, but it's inspired by punk. But part of the philosophy is sort of this sense of humor. And I and I I think maybe 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 as a kind that we're sort of flattered that people would be inspired to create these crazy characters that are sort of within the philosophy of punk rock, though it's not by the numbers, which is completely fine. Like it doesn't have to have the bullet belt and sort of like the straight laced boots. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's within the, it's in the within the spirit of, and it never claims itself to be an authentic representation of it but it's sort of like a a fun dream of rock and roll so i'd have to say it's like i i would be very influenced in the way that i i dress from trauma punk world that that sort of that sort of toxic world because of course like when, when it's obvious like when you when when we've met and we've seen me in person it's like it's it's my look is very influenced by mad max so it's like it's like a punk look that's very influenced by cinema so that's like three layers it's like vivian westwood and then all this stuff went to couture because I also see would see that as well as a young young girl I would look through Harper's Bazaar and couture fashion the crazy hair makeup corsets all it's like I was I was fascinated in that and then it went into cinema and then it was it was interpreted over and over again until we got like this sort of look mm-hmm. <laughs> that you look like you're you're someone who rides the car in the wraith and that is. That's what influenced punk rockers as a, as a certain level. Is this seventh? It would make sense because it's like a seventh version Xerox of the original punk rockers in the seventies. And of course, right. our flyers and our aesthetic look like seven generation Xeroxes of cut up. Exactly. Of cut exactly. Things. It's all borrowed art, art in a weird way. Yep. Yep. I yep. would. I, I would. I would agree with that. And again, strange juxtapositions that don't make sense, mm-hmm. but are somehow beautiful and fascinating exactly exactly yep yep did you ever see liquid sky i did see liquid sky see i haven't it was one of those ones that just kind of slipped by do you recommend it i i, I recommend it but then i would also that also reminds me of something like night of the comet oh yeah which yeah, i yeah. feel is probably more important this liquid sky is much more new wave i mean a lot of the stuff is interesting to to, to watch for inspiration for makeup mm-hmm but what films are angry? I mean, the punk rock that I listen to, this, the movies that would be closest in, in, in the anger is probably a lot of the Alan Clark stuff because it's about a really, really tough life. Or even stuff like, it's like they're rough films, like Nail by Mouth. It's about like horrible, horrible upbringing. And, and to me, it's like from these seeds, so grows punk rock. So it's, it's almost like the soil of which the things that I like are built upon on these movies, which is interesting reflecting back because I like a lot of hard cinema. And I was thinking it's true that it, the, the, this type of art is the breeding ground that would then create the, the things that I love. Right. It's it like is- punk rock grows out of I Stand Alone and Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver being paramount, even though oh, yeah. he has a punk rock, but that is not a callback because it's 76. Mm-hmm. That's before punk. Absolutely. And Travis has a mohawk, God's Lonely Man. I can't say how important that image is to punk rockers. I even have my 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 badge um, 
the that I bought from the Mondo artist, and it's a skeleton sort of outline of Travis's face. This is God's Lonely Man. I've yet to put that on my vest or my my leather jacket, but it that means a lot. Taxi uh, driver. Well, the other thing that I think I wanted to mention, but I didn't, is that the importance to all of this of skate videos. That well, yes, it's. I mean. It, it put, first of all, it put cameras in the hands of fil- people who didn't even know they were filmmakers until I started to do these. But it also, with the music and and the look and the fast cutting and stuff, it sort of all had played into this. Um, it, it at least sowed the uh, the seeds for what would come later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the episode of VHS, one of them, oddly enough, for getting into anthology series was shot when I when the guys were talking about shooting it because it's not shot using sort of the spherical stuff they it was a discussion they had mm-hmm. it was about a bunch about a bunch of skaters had monsters going after the skaters so so skateboarders fighting monsters shot sort of like on video using using the skate cameras but I did ask us like guys how come you didn't use actual skate state cameras? But they were there. They had they had a great answer. They said, you know, blown up on a giant screen, they wouldn't look so good. But you have great documentaries like uh, Lords of Dogtown, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is which is which is important. I mean, for me, that was because like Sid and Nancy was important because you were kind of seeing yourself and what you want what you want to be. But things that are really close to my heart are like another state of mind. Lords of Dogtown. It was the real thing because right away, because nothing for punk rock for me, like I, I love to see everyone's fancy dress in movies and Repo Man. But to me, nothing's as good as the real thing. Nothing, nothing that I've seen out there is, is, is as great as going into a show. But I like seeing people with mohawks and tattoos and craziness in movies just because sure. it's always been a delightful thing to see. And I can't put I, I can't put my finger on it. I mean, I could talk about it for years. It's just why. And a lot of my friends were the same things. Like uh, my friend Jess, she was a very little girl, and she saw someone with a mohawk on the street, and she ran to her mom. She goes, like, Mommy, my Mommy, I like, I want hair like that. It's like, why is a child fascinated in looking like this? Well, it's Without fun, knowing right? what it is. And it, 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 to me, it was just the most wonderful thing on Earth. So when I watch Return of Living Dead... Trash looks like the most wonderful thing on earth because to me it's not even fun. It was profound as as, as if I've seen a unicorn or dragon or mystical thing or the best thing in the world just walk by. It true I like I, it's the actual definition of the word awesome. To me it was awe inspiring to see people that would detail or change their shapes so much. In, what is it, Herman Hesse's book, Pictures Metamorphoses, he talks about the idea of magic being trans, uh, transformative. And to me, it's like somehow looking like that just transforms reality for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I would say goth, maybe, for you. What do you think about that? I mean, when you when you go all out and you live every day as Morticia Adams... That that certainly is a different narrative and li- lifestyle, and you're, sure. you're everyday generating. I mean, because because you, you're born with that sort of POV, you're you're born with that lens. Mm-hmm. But to sort of then make that lens immersive, and it comes back to that idea of of, of immersiveness. Right, right, right. It's such a wonderful way to live. 
It's tough. You know, I, I did. An, I interviewed. Uh, she was a stand-up who was a goth growing up, Christina Pazuski, and she talked about how tough it was to be goth in the summer in Fullerton, California. You know, when it's ninety degrees out and you're wearing brocade and leather, it's like that's that. <laughs> Um, so but you have to. I, mean, I feel weird most of my time when I'm when I'm sort of like working out of my working out of my little studio in my house is that I'm just very dressed down. It's like I have I have like a robe and yeah, like sure. a band or flops on because like when it's time to actually gear up. And my, my friend Ethan he says such funny things. It's like it's because when you'd see me get dressed, it's it's like the suiting up sequences in Evil Dead. Yeah, or Commando. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, because I do wear bullet belts and everything and the makeup oh, and so just that's just so for funny. years and years and years because that's what I feel. That's, it, it, it just what it just what feels right. And for me, because I enjoy that other when other people see me, they, they think it's very cool because it's almost like when I saw those people when I was a young kid and then in movies by presenting that to me as a young girl, I felt so happy that I saw that out in the world. And for me, when I put on my gear, it's it's in a strange way. It's giving back in that sense. Mm-hmm. When I when I when I go out to like do my hair and I and I and I put my like black pointy eye makeup on and my my lipstick, and I have everything on. Uh, I I do want to bring up a couple of other things before we get out of here on this tank girl. Uh. <laughs> like as a movie I don't I don't understand I get there is no I can't think of any punk rock girl in my life like like true punk rock girl that I really deeply identifies with Tank Girl I don't know if that's like general counterculture things like I like the comic I love how she looks it's just that 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 movie does not does not resonate with me at all as a mm-hmm. as 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 a rock and roller okay I think that, uh, you know it's important you know we should talk about playing Penelope Spears for a second. Sure. But again, like that's that's sort of like my interest is that I like to watch actual documentations of the movement, and that's interesting having this conversation now because like there's so much fictional punk rock that I that I just enjoy seeing just because it's it's for me it's always the the most lovely window dressing. Mm-hmm. And I because I, I like it because I think sometimes I get punk rock except for in Summer of Sam, which is incredibly atrocious. How they believe that a character that listens to the who and has these like liberty spikes and it's just that's not how they looked look look back in the day that did that did drive me a a, a bit crazy goth is such a it's, it's just so much easier to invoke and by easier to invoke i mean the actual name and people understand what it is i think there's a bit more bastardization but you do you do find some of that in punk, because generally the bastardization of punk is to do like a silly trauma punk thing, and everybody loves. But there is there is situations like in S- Summer of Sam where mm-hmm. it just is just completely off. Because because again, like it's completely off, and it's trying to be authentic. Because you could be completely off, like like the movie Dudes, <laughs> but you're just supposed to be like silly and having fun, and people have mohawks and chains. And I love it, and I think it's great because I it's it's wonderful that it's inspired by you know something that you are, something that you love. You like you like seeing that in cinema, but I do see goth invoked more and more of sort of like a watered down bastardization of what 
you know, goth people love and like, but they may not be as sensitive to it. I think punk rockers are very, because again, like how many times can I say authenticity? Like, is it authentic? Is it authentic? Is it true? Right, right. So I'll be honest, a big portion of this list I have is a lot of documentaries. And it's it's fascinating. I think you're right. I think a lot of people like to see, you know, it's like, you know, caught in the wild footage of of people like me, you know? Um, Well, they're what? We're, we're, we're wild motherfuckers. <laughs> and you got to really see it to believe it. Exactly. Well, I mean, you, you bring up the Penelope Spheris films, you know, the decline of Western civilization. And um, uh, uh, I think those are important. I was honored enough to do her Q&A at Alamo in Brooklyn for Suburbia. Oh, that's awesome. And she, she truly, in her, in her heart, is, is, is punk rock. And we did discuss some of some of these aspects especially you can walk up to anyone on the street that looks like you and have a conversation right 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 but i mean and all like the same things and hate the same things and have the, the very political political view but then but then there's this thought it's like then then are you guys all the same and i just feel that there's so many combinations of humanity that that can sure. happen and sometimes when you like throw up all those pieces in the air, you're going to get patterns over and over again over a species, which is the, the human race. And I think one of those patterns is punk rock, and another one of them is goth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but so often it's um, it's sort of shorthand on characters. I think it's, it's kind of changing, but a lot of time punk or goth characters or, or counterculture characters are always introduced in a way to be inclusive, but also to be a little reductive. Like they're, they're the dumb ones or the impetuous ones or the one that's, they don't get it or the ones that, you know, um, wait, back to Duncan. That's true. Well, class of 1984, the, the punk kids were, they were the, they were the, the, the killer gang characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were exactly. bad. Cause the ones you put studs on people and sometimes you would see some, little gear when you would watch death wish movies or like thug number one and back they would have that look you know i would say even though not in movies in in dark knight returns though the mutant guys they kind of dress like punks right right Um, they have the slits it makes us the bad guy but I don't think it bothers punk rockers when we're when we're cast as bad guys because i think it's, it's part of the fun Part of the mischief, sure. part of bringing it on ourselves, makes it easier, you know. It does. It does. I think it's it's more exciting. I, I think I think in the end, if you looked at punk rockers, they're probably more anti-heroes. If you went to each one of them, but we'll, we'll would certainly do not complain about being cast as as as, as villainous thugs. We we would never say like we're misunderstood or you don't get it because there there's an embracing of that. So I think we see a lot of punk rockers you know like their serial killer stuff and their charles manson stuff and their real death stuff mm-hmm. their faces that stuff because i think it's sort of em- em- embracing something that that's crass and wrong and making a scene being sure. a spectacle sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. and then you have movies that that star punk rockers like things like straight to hell which right. i can't see as a great film but you can't help to start to stare at joe strummer and it's the real because again we go back to the doc it's like well if there's real punk rockers in your film that's the reason to watch them because it's like what are they going to do they're also unique because I don't think most most people I don't want to speak for punks and not goth most people see punk rockers on TV and in movies they don't 
hang out with them in their lives. Sure. There's not so many of them now that you would meet them. I'm I think like from in film in, in film world like I have some crossover film and punk rock friends but there's not people have and also cuz people have different color hair and tattoos but that doesn't necessarily mean they're punk rock. Exactly. But I support that because that's the don't dream it be it they should want to be as close of the representation of the thing that they want to be as possible. And that itself is like lowercase punk rock, but almost like philosophy, there's lowercase existentialism and uppercase existentialism. So it's like there's the idea of punk rock, which yeah. is like that, and then the idea of the actual the actual movement, which you see in these films. Right. Agreed. 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 Uh, let's see. I'm just trying to click off these things before we get out of here. Wild Zero. I'm going to throw that name out there, the Japanese film. With the, yes. A Dark Wolf. Is is the guitar wolf? Yeah, a guitar wolf. Right, right, right. It's uh, it, it's 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 wild and and wonderful. And I'm a fan, and it's and it's and it's and it's fun to watch. But again, I don't know if it really it really steals my heart. Another doc is great by by a friend, a band called Death. Yes, yes. Very important talking about uh, you know diversity in punk. Because another thing, if you think about, it, I mean, you have the one character in Return of the Living Dead, but Punk and goth seem to be habitually white. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, and but, although offshoots of punk like stuff like ska, ska was a little more inclusive. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's why it came about is 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 two tone. Mm-hmm. You have sort of like the, the two tone docs that are out there. But my my scene, my friends, they're like of every background and every religion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. mostly within within my sort of like the, the the hardcore street punk stuff, it's um you know a lot, a lot of my friends are black, Latin, Jewish, right. But that's also right. like a cross section of, of of New York. So I know sort of outside my world, it's pretty. They they you know they define punk as a as a, as a young angry white male. Okay, right. And right, goth, right. which is interesting because a goth, you generally goth <laughs> girl in movies mm-hmm. not a lot of you're not guys. really following goth boys hmm? yeah and you never see um, uh, racial goths you never see even a black goth in um, in cinema and that's there... true and I show them all my, my friends who are so it does and that's of course a, a, a very important conversation about, about diversity because they are out there absolutely a lot of my friends are Latin and black goths as mm-hmm. well Mm-hmm. Um, you you were talking about documentaries. I I don't want to not include Hated the G.G. Allen. That's important. It's important to talk about G.G. Allen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that, that is a great a, singing voice for someone who's just a complete mess. But punk rock boys are a complete mess. <laughs> um, as I tell them when they have problems, it's like, don't worry, honey, we're all complete messes. Absolutely. Why we to this music. That is why we listen to this music. It's okay. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Gigi Allen. The the other thing that was great about that was it it confirmed all of our you know our the the establishments uh, in our lives. It, it confirmed their worst nightmares. Because <laughs> yes, here's a guy that was truly out of his mind, and 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 by the time you get to the fling and poo stuff, it's like yeah, I think you'll lose most of our parents, for want of a better word. Uh, uh, but it, it, 
equally important because it was like, yeah, here's a guy of truly, here's a guy that has truly run out of fucks to give. So, and that's, I think that's that's awesome. Um, fabulous stains. Fabulous stains. Do you ever see Mondo New York? You, that is actually like a like a blind section in my life because it's not out, mm, and yeah. I, would, I would have to buy a bootleg version of it. But that's something because like you know Coleman's on it. I would mm-hmm. I would love to have it, but I don't have a legit co- copy of it. Mm-hmm. I need it. I, I I would pray if I wanted like a distribution company to put it out. I would pray like that Severn would put it out. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. But I have not seen it because of that. And I was never able to get, because I knew that it existed, but I've never come across a VHS to rent. Yeah. There's a, and, there's another documentary. It's mis- it's escaping me, but it was, it's essentially just a column. It's, it's like a collection of little public access shows around the country that were doing like, you know, when a local band would play, they would go out and interview them. So you would get these really weird VHS uh, recordings of, um, you know, a young Henry Rollins being interviewed by some guy and, and Henry being a dick to the guy because the guy didn't know what he was talking about. But um, there was, a, I forget the name of it. If anyone knows that, please Art, let me know. Rock is being a jerk. It's true. Mm. Um, I'm Again, at... different than the goths who are very nice and you could just, you could just go to a club and I have have, you know, the Pyramid Club in New York City and just go up and Goths will be friendly to you. They'll talk to you. They like to talk to strangers and not Some. to make fun of them. It's, yeah, I think with a lot of this, it's it's like any subculture that gets put upon, you know, either like, you know, why do you dress like that? Every day is not Halloween or blah, 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 blah. Create their own sort of sense. Once they're with their own tribe, they be, there's a sense of elitism that can fall into. And, and sometimes getting through that can be a little challenging. But I agree. Once you're through that, and once you're found to be a friendly, both groups are very welcoming. Uh, let's throw out the word, the name Valley Girl, because even though it's not important, punk, important, it's completely Cage's important. character punk enough. Yeah, punk enough. Punk enough, and then of course there's there's a, the, the strip scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's Zach's whole book is over my friend Jen's house about punk rock cinema and I think it documents every time that there's a punk rocker on screen including <laughs> background punk rock strip characters but again like the theme of that it's like that's it's the documentary part of punk rock it's looking at the real thing yeah, yeah. and always yeah. the real thing is the best thing when it comes to punk rock yeah the more examples you can see of yourself out in the world the better you know? But it, but it's a, a document of the self. I don't know if that's the same with goth. Because yeah. do you get enough when you're just showing like Lily and Legend? <laughs> is is that in, is that encapsulating the the fantasy? And because I because I like to watch because I have seen older goth videos and vi- videos of what went on during the clubs back in the eighties. But I like, lo- I love to see like a beautiful gothic people in a, in a fictional, uh, f- fictional uh, situation. Well, it was the Adams- they never, they never combined the two. You know what I mean? Like you never saw punk goth clubs. You saw goth industrial clubs, but you never saw punk goth clubs or punk, um, or, or, uh, uh, punk industrial clubs. You never saw those mixes. There was always it was always industrial. No one wants us there because we cause problems. But I got to tell you, it's hard to it's hard to dance 
with cute boys and girls to violent society all day long. Right. So punk rockers, but, when we want to dance, we do go to goth clubs. So all my friends, right. even ones of hardcore, we go to Pyramid Club or we go to the different DJ nights just to, like, be around weird-looking people. Sure. But it's a little key. Well, you know, <laughs> I, a lot of times, though, I, like, my model in my head is always House of Usher in San Francisco, which had, uh, they had a, they were in a big building, and the bottom floor was uh, goth. And the top floor was industrial drill. And the floor in between was sort of this buffer zone between the two. Um, uh, think, the thinking being here are two small subcultures that if we put them together, maybe enough people will come to warrant a night, you know, a, a dedicated night of the week for this club. Um, and when at golf clubs, they know that I'm not goth. Because, like, out in general population, wearing all black, they may think that, that I'm goth. Someone said that once because uh, my, my hairstyle is slightly different. But sometimes I have a I have, I have a bi-hawk and a goth boy. So I'm so because he's a little drunk and causing problems. And I was like, oh, no, it's a punk girl. Mm. You're not goth. See, what are you doing here? <laughs> my my sole story on this is we were busy working in the middle of carpet. I may have told this before, but... Working on Carbon Octane, really, really busy. Friends of ours were playing House of Usher in San Francisco. We jump in a car. We, we fly up to San Francisco. We walk into the goth club. We're, we're going around. We're saying hello to people. And uh, everyone's treating me a little chill, chilly, you know? I'm not really figuring it out. And as I walk by a mirror, I realize that I've, I've left the house wearing denim farmer overalls and a thermal sh a camouflage thermal shirt. And um, it was very odd because where before I'm I'm the publisher of Carpenoctum and 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 you know people afford you know a certain whatever respect that gets, but then here I was in in overalls and being sort of shunned for it in a weird way, um, very odd, very different, um, but it shows you know we run with our tribes and when we think that our tribes there's a, if we think there's an interloper. You know, defenses go up and all this kind of stuff. Um, kind of weird. Mm. Anyway, so I'm just I'm, per I'm just taking in that uh, taking in the story. But I assume if they if any were curious, because I cause when you talk about this, it just I think about like this this woodland, right? The different little countercultures out there, and I assume <laughs> one of them would creep up to you, you know, and you'd kind of get like that red and stimpy plink 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 music, and they would sense you out, and because you could talk about music and things that they like they would know that you were safe and then other people could go next to you yeah, 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 yeah. Off people are afraid of if you're an interloper you might make fun of them yeah or worse you know you know because punk rock people being belligerent will cause fights with people that do that and, and goths don't i think out in just much like the psychobilly and i've had psychobilly friends that there's there's no one out there except for sort of normal people, much like the the, the idea of the, the Frankenstein monster that's going to attack a goth or a psychobilly because they're kind of benign. They're, they don't cause trouble. <laughs> yeah. so there's no reason to really, and I know like in New York City, they consider like goth to be a very lowly subculture. And they actually call each other goth. Like, Why are you being goth? Like it becomes like a counterculture epithet. Well, it's the same way emo has become the same way. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's like it's, it's 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 synonymous, but it's very benign. So I can just see like them going up and just like sniffing you and checking you out. It's like, oh no, he like sisters of mercy. He's fine, guys. He's fine. Yeah, and then yeah, everyone, yeah. I smell. Goes, I I I smelled not Champa on him. <laughs> or, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's, he's okay. Um, 
for me, like, we're drinking, like, cider and, like, like whiskey. It's like, who the fuck are these people? We don't know these people. Get them out of here. I'm not going to be nice to anybody. It, is, it just goes to show differently the <laughs> where the different people are coming from and maybe why you don't want your mortician to be played by, like, some punk rock chick or, or, or right, guy right, character. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, then that's that's the other. Too much conflict. Too much conflict. (laughs) Um, We cause a lot of conflict. We we listen to bands called Conflict. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to see here what we might be missing. I want to throw out SLC Punk. I want to throw out. We can talk about that. We can talk about that. I mean, I've seen it. I don't. I don't mind it. I think it's very. It's, it's very. It's very silly. I haven't seen the second one, which I hear is unwatchable. SFW. But I think here you go. If any movie has a punk rock thing in it, regardless if it's good or not, or it's even like fifteen percent punk, like I'll watch it because sure. I just I need to know. I need to see. So I'm going to watch things like Salt Lake just just to test the waters. Curious about it. It's like oh, it's a punk rock thing. I like punk rock. I wonder. We'll look at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Salt Lake City Punk is fine. Uh, Luke was on Subway. I remember that resonating with a lot of people when it first came out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Rock and Roll High School. Un- that that's a cornerstone. Very much a cornerstone for cult movie fans and rock and rollers in general. Here is another example where you get the real thing, mm-hmm. which makes it quite wonderful. Absolutely. You get your Ramones Absolutely. in real life. Um, the the um, movies, The Runaways, wasn't so bad. We considered, you know, Joan Jett to be a punk rocker. Well, it wasn't. Wait, was that was that? Remember Foxes with uh, Fox. Foxes with Sherry Curry and uh, Jodie Foster? I want to say. Sort of. If, if not, if not, I've not seen. I've not seen that one. I just remember it was on RSO Records, the Robert Roger Stig, Stigwood thing, around the time that Saturday Night Fever came out. It was like the the iconic four girls walking down a smoky street mm-hmm. in the rain. That's true. Cause a lot of the time, you take punk girls and you put them in in movies like Videodrome, Blondie. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And I think that she's she's to. She said once is that she felt Cronenberg fancies himself as a punk rocker, and that was one of the reasons that he wanted her in the film. And she was a good actress. I mean, you know. Yes. She's just wonderful to look at. She has such great style, and I do. I, I love she, – she does a great job in that film. Belongs in that film. I think the last one that we can we can mention, which is sort of a fictional account of the Sex Pistols, is a great rock and roll swindle. And that is again a, a curiosity. I remember having the album when I was when I when I was young, and not to be dead horse. It's interesting because it's mostly though though not the real one hundred percent Sex Pistols. It's a, close enough to real life to be much more interesting than something like SLC Punk or even the Sid and Nancy movie by by Cop. Because you just get to see them. You get to see them. Because it's amazing punk rockers wild animals. And it's like going to a zoo. So, like, the documentaries are like a zoo. And you just... But you have a safe distance. So you can see their lifestyle also. Without getting cut or have broken bottles on you. Or or smell the beer and the piss. There's that that good distance. Yeah, yeah. Plus, this was before 
YouTube or and the internet where you could just go out and get footage of these things. It was like you had to spot I mean, it in the wild. Well, I was just thinking that has to make the most sense. Like the reason there's a fascination around documentaries around punks is because that's the safest way to watch them. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would, you would get catch visions right. of that stuff on like Up All Night or whatever the the uh, USA thing. You would see them out doing remotes. We're here at such and such. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So, okay. Punk so rock. punk rock and a little bit of gossip there and a little bit of counterculture. Right. Yeah. Nice to watch each other on, on film, our people. All right. So uh, let's see. Moving on to our closing stuff. Um, rest, we're gonna Have do... you been recording? I want to bring that up. Have you been recording yourself for your books? Yes. I just bring put that up. out one. Mm-hmm. And, um... What I listened to? Yes. Yes. I loved it. Thank you. So we're gonna do. We're gonna probably. But do I more would, yeah. as we know. Yeah. So but we're I... gonna probably do an, another couple. The the long ones, it's it's harder because it, there's so much of um, to do with it. So anyway, it should be like a story time. You do a little bit together. You put them all out, and then when it's all done, you you put them all together. Yeah, I didn't do it like a full audio, but yeah, that's kind of the plan without having to pay with, with those kind of things run. Uh, let's see. Uh, John Wetton died. I know he's not big in your life, but I'll bring him up because he used to be the he was the bass player for bands like Asia and King Crimson. Um, I've I've heard of I've heard of both. Yeah, he he was a <laughs> singer and songwriter and um, died. He was in his fifties, early sixties. Died rather suddenly. Uh, as far as news goes, uh, a lot of my world this week has been filled with John Wick stuff. Um, there's a prequel supposedly coming to TV, which I think is a horrific idea. Um, uh, and then they they announced one of the directors, Chad Stahelski, is doing a Highlander reboot. We talked, I think we talked about this last week, but now it's going to be a trilogy, which I think is another bad idea. So I'm a little worried about all all things related to John Wick too. Any thoughts on that? Are you excited for it? I, you might. I've never got a chance to watch the John Wick movies. Oh, Heather, you hurt. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, I want to. I, I have. I have that on the list of things that I need to watch. But if it's not at a film fest, like so. I know. So I so know. so busy, and yes. I, that's all. And these are all excuses I'm making for John Wick because I know it's great. It's something that was at Fantastic Fest, and I'm like, I'm not going to give a shit about this film. Keanu Reeves, and then everyone came out, especially you, just loving these films so much. And I do love a a badass ga- gangster hitman film yeah, so think, much. So I think you really love it. Uh, they're talking about a movie about the making of The Godfather coming to HBO, which I think, uh, sure, anything Godfather related, I, you know, we, we had. A, why not? Why not? Why not? Um, and they also announced we there were some rumors last week. We talked about Dennis, Denny Villeneuve, who did uh, Arrival. Uh, looks like they're doing a Dune movie, which I think I'm is, about. It. I, I liked Arrival. I think at that, a film festival, Arrival. I think that if anyone can do it, it's this guy. He's he has some talent. I like him. And uh, believe it or not, that's kind of it. he could be poetic. 
and great screenwriter and great feels. And I like things that are very character focused, but it, everyone should try to get Dune right. I think as soon as, you know, the, as, as, as we, as we live and die on this earth, someone's going to get Dune right at yeah. some point before well, we think... get swapped the sun we, we've, we've talked about this a lot but it's like i think that it's it's the scope of the book that's a problem and getting it all into a hundred minute or two hour film um that's a tough one um maybe they'll do the harry potter thing where they break it up and i would be okay with that in a weird way um but ultimately it's a it's a big story and it's and it's been out there for so long and so many people love it it's like any classic it's like it's it's so easy to screw it up, and they've gotten cl- they've gotten close to getting it right. We, I've said before the Sci-Fi Channel did a. We have to figure out what story to tell. Right, exactly. Exactly. Because you can't you can't tell it all, so you can find out like what can you possibly tell on a, like a. I mean, you'd probably need like a Star Wars budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to see the more of those giant sandworms I can have in my life. It's better. <laughs> to have more than less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I just think that it's it's so ripe. It's it was Star Wars before Star Wars was Star Wars. So so why why not? So that's good news. Um, because I think because I think for people it's it's a little bit slower. Not that I've read the books because I'm not you know I I don't do the much the the, the sci-fi right. and the fantasy, but. Star Wars is sort of like an action film. It's like a fantasy film, and there's all this fighting and laser. And I think the Dune movies sometimes are live in kind of the Star Wars prequel territory of a lot of politics. Has a lot of politics, a lot of philosophy, a lot of yeah, a lot of people sitting in a room talking to each other, and that's you know, that's exactly. and then you go, but there's giant worms out there. What are you doing sitting down? I always feel that way about watching. I, I, I was, I, I've had someone in my life who loved to watch like Gundams, and all they did during these animes were sit and talk about stuff. And I said, but there's giant robots, battle robots everywhere, and you decided just to sit and talk about war. Fighting. <laughs> That's why I love it. That's like sentient robots, yeah. transformers. Fighting cool characters, a more but the, the flip more of sure that is the, the flip of that is the Transformers movies where they do nothing but fight and you just don't give a shit. I have not watched any of them because sacrilege. They're horrible. They're really I horrible. won't watch because those are not my Transformers. They're the, not <laughs> hashtag not my Transformers. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for a Voltron movie though. They, they've yeah. been talking about it, but I think it's hard to tell the Voltron, and that property has been gone for so long that only people my age care about it. Didn't didn't they just was it Voltron? They just did it. Netflix just did one. It's a brand new one. I want to say yes. I don't, I don't know how it how it affected the IP at all because no one in it's, my life. It's a success. My, shout out to my buddy Neil. Neil Kaplan, who did the voice of the main bad guy, he he was also the voice of um, Optimus Prime in in the Transformers cartoon, and, mm. and Neil was the voice for Tychus Finley in StarCraft too. So, uh, but he's doing the voice of the bad guy, that, and it's fair been been fairly pop- popular. It's got a lot of you know a lot of stars as far as ratings go. So, um, is there anything you've seen lately that you want to recommend to people before we get out of here? I recently watched on VHS 
Angel Heart again. Oh, sweet. Speaking of a movie that feels a little naughty when you watch it. It's... It's it's not a perfect film, but I love a lot of stuff about it. I, I love I love a period horror film when it's set when when it's set sort of in the the thirties forties. It would be a dream to create something like that. But the performances, beautiful young Mickey Rourke, De Niro. Yeah, yeah. I recently yeah. just just had that on in the background. It's just very inspirational. That's also when those mid sized movies had had budget that you could shoot. In New Orleans and all over, mm-hmm. can afford beautiful cinematography. You're not shooting inside of a house for 90 minutes. And it's one of those films that, even though a lot of people have ruined it over the years, there's the the big aha moment that everyone, um, but they've ruined it. It's still great. It doesn't, yeah. You don't lose anything yeah. by knowing. You know what I mean? If anything, you kind of look for clues now the second time. Um, it's true. I, I've loved just the look, the performance. It's something you probably, if you wanted to do a double feature, bring me that in Dark City. Sure, want to be in a sci-fi noir. Cover a, a lot, a, they cover a lot of the yeah. same ground, but aesthetically, they're wildly different. Yes, and, uh, yeah, that's with, a good the, it's this noir, sci-fi horror fantasy world. It's a noir. It's a noir horror. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't love noir horror enough. Sure. Maybe throw in a little cast a deadly spell or something. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, me, um, I'm still going through. I'm going through the new movie a day thing. Not a lot this week was very good. Uh, I highlight a movie named Taboo. It's um, BTK. She's got a small role into it. It's, it's about an androgynous samurai. Um, I sat through Battle Los Angeles, which was shit. Uh, Hanger, which is shit. Ryan Nicholson is shit. Um, um, and then I sat through a double feature of I Drink Your Blood and I Eat Your Skin. It was on in the background. And I just remember that, those that's a good Super cheesy, super ridiculous, but yeah, you know, imminently watchable. Um, other than that, not much. Just go to my website and find all that stuff. Uh, what do you got coming up? You still working well, on Well, for projects? Yeah. Oddly enough, working on a punk rock horror film. Sweet, I have that. So that's that's still uh, still something that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm close to f- to finishing my work on uh, David Gregory's Al Adamson doc. Sweet, and that's uh, that that has been I think about like seven month on and off involvement in that project. Mm-hmm. And we could say it, of course, but we can't say what form it will take. But fin- finishing up, and we're in uh, and we're in post. For the Phantasm three and four discs for Welgo, so the North American release. Sweet. And then everything else for Kino is kind of under under wraps because they're bigger titles. It's going to take a longer time to get all the, the the talent. I don't think any of them have been announced yet, but I don't really know where they announce Kino titles. My friends tell me when Kino announces different titles. Mm-hmm. That that's when I know that I have to like get these people and close it out, get it in, getting it out. But there, there's some really, there's some really great titles that I'm, that I'm working on. I in that one. I was excited the other day. I got a package in the mail with, uh, at midnight, I'll take your soul. And then this night I'll possess your corpse. The Jose Mojica Marin's film. The Sounds Coffin romantic. Joe. Yeah. The Coffin Joe stuff. Um, I'm not a big fan. I know a lot of people are, but, uh, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Nice to see you show up. Um, well, that's cool. 
the Al Adamson doc sounds great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I got to hire a private detective ooh. for that. So I got to I got to live in noir world. Sweet. Uh, to find somebody? Was that the deal? To, 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 find, to find a, a whole a whole bunch of people and just to hear his stories. Right on. It was so completely cool and who some of his clients were. Oh, that's awesome. Um, me, I'm the like, right person as like the, the true crime fan. I'm the right person to listen to this and find stuff. Right on. Right on. Uh, me, I'm, I'm working on the new book. And we're almost done. I'm working on a thing now. And I'm listening to a lot of Christian radio. And it's bumming me out. And um, that should be done by spring. The new book, Moonlight Serenades, is on Amazon. Please go buy it. Um, I'm putting up as, uh, uh, audio readings a little bit at a time. I just put up one for a piece called Wedding Day. Um, and there's another one called Retribution that's up on my website. You can go listen to it. And um, other than that... Nothing, man. I'm trying to get over a cold and trying not to get snowed in. <clears throat> so we're we're good. That's it. I love it. We, We've survived another another bonus material podcast. Yes. So we're next, uh, Langley will be back next week and uh, we'll rock something. We did miss Langley because Lang- Langley is of, of of my counterculture as well. Yeah, yeah. So we, we may do come back at this topic again. We should. So I guess that's it for the Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Heather Buckley. Stay